Welcome everybody to episode 48 of the Neville Watchers podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Pete Beckett, and I am joined as always by the Neville Watcher himself, Mr. Kurt Lewin. Hello, Pete. How you going, bud? Yeah, good, thanks. Um, that's just made me think you listing the uh, episode number out there. That means our last um, Neville Watchers episode will be episode 50, which is uh, convenient. Yes, it would be actually, wouldn't it? I didn't really think about that one. Mm. Pretty, pretty interesting how that that worked out. That's landed, yeah. Yeah, but I don't want to talk to you quickly about that and the audience as well because we're going to have a small change in schedule for the next episode because Ant Man and Quantumania is out now. There's the start of phase five. Mm. Uh, Kurt's already watched it. I'm going to go and see it in a couple of days. So we'll have an episode before the Wakanda Forever one, where we're going to cover Ant-Man and Quantumania. Yeah, just while it's fresh in our minds. Yeah, so uh, the next time that you'll see an episode up from us, it will actually be episode 50, not episode 49. Just for just for um, yeah. naming, numbering purposes, of course. So, but what are we covering this time? We are covering She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. The final Disney Plus series of uh, Phase 4. So, I'll run through the cast list and then we'll give some general thoughts and then we'll cover the episode. So, uh, the cast as such is Tatiana Maslany playing Jennifer Waters or She-Hulk. Uh, Ginger Gonzaga, Gonzaga as Nikki Ra- uh, Ramos. Uh, Jamila Jamil as uh, Tatiana. Um, uh, sorry, Titania. Uh, Steve Coulter as Holden Holloway. Uh, Renee Elise Goldberry as Mallory Book, Tim Roth reprising his role as Emil, Emil Blonsky or Abomination, uh, John Bass as Todd, Mark Ruffalo returns as Bruce Banner or the Hulk, and we have Charlie Cox coming back as Matt Murdock or Daredevil. So this was written by uh, the team of Jessica Gow, Dana Schwartz, um, Cody Ziegler, Cara Brown, Melissa Hunter, and Zeb Wells. Uh, direct uh, directing uh, was done by Kat Kiriel and A- Anu Valia. So, I have some thoughts about this one, but I'm going to keep most of them to to the end. So, uh, just just to tease the audience a little bit. What did you generally think about this series? Um, I like this, to be honest. Um, except okay. for one thing, which I was pretty. There was. Getting straight into it, there's one thing that this series does Mm -hmm. um, throughout, um, which is the whole fourth wall breaking stuff. Yeah. Um, This isn't something we've seen before in the films or the um, TV shows, not that I can think of anyway. No, Uh, the only time that we've seen this in a Marvel property is Deadpool. Ah, yeah, yeah. But that's not been part of the MCU, so to speak, has it? No, it hasn't. At the time, anyway. At Um, at the time, obviously, but the third Deadpool movie is due to become part of the MCU, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So we will see it in the future. Well, cards on the table. I liked everything about this show other than the fourth wall breaking stuff. I just, okay. I just didn't really get the point of it. 
because sure. unlike Deadpool, it's I'd say in Deadpool it's quite quite a fundamental part of the whole shtick there. He's because mm-hmm. he's constantly doing it. Whereas yep. in this, particularly in the earlier episodes, she'll only start breaking the fourth wall maybe once or twice an episode, and it's normally at the beginning and the end, if that. Yeah. And then the finale episode is a total fourth wall breaking thing. Now. Uh, yeah, I want to talk about that later, of course. Yeah. But in in the sections where she's doing it up to that point. Yeah, I just didn't really see the point. Um, I didn't get. I didn't really get how it ties into the MCU, if that makes any sense. I just didn't. It what, just in seemed, terms it, of the show itself tying into the MCU. I don't. Or just I the don't know. breaking. Sorry. Uh, did you say? Do you mean like the full full breaking fitting into the MCU or the show as a whole fitting into the MCU? Well, both. Um, okay. So, I'd say you've got some. You you have got some um, crossover actually when you when I think about it because you've got people like Emil Blonsky who we've seen before. Mm-hmm. There's obviously um, the the Hulk the Hulk himself, and there's a few yep. other. I think there's a couple of other characters as well and there's like daredevil so actually it does tie into the mcu more than i think but yeah um, what i mean by the 4-4 stuff i just didn't see why they felt the need to have that in there other okay. than to just maybe make it a bit different to the other series that we've seen but i felt well, that the whole lawyer angle and um lawyer show um, law aspect made it different enough without having to show on the four four stuff. Okay, so let me tell you about the four four breaking. Uh, it is quite a, a known thing throughout the uh, the Marvel comics. Right. She Hulk is is one that constantly breaks the four four. Right. She is along with um, along with Deadpool, which is why it was mentioned are one of the very few characters that tend to do this. So it is a theme that runs throughout a lot of her comic runs. So I think that was the reason why it was done. Mm. I would have to agree with you. I didn't particularly like those moments. Um, I didn't really see the point of them, especially so... um, Obviously, I'm slightly jumping ahead here. But in episode one, where you do the whole typical setup thing, and then it does the whole fourth wall break and then takes everything back... Now, that's a trope that I've always hated in films and TV, and it does this far too many times, I think. Uh, It does get quite annoying at at times, and usually when it's breaking the 4-4, it seems rather pointless, because it's just... Well, that's the thing, yeah, so I'd say, I I think I'd have less of a problem with it if they leaned into it more, because Mm -hmm. especially those, as I say, those early episodes... It's only once or twice that she'll do it. Whereas, yeah, and there were a couple of episodes where she didn't even do it at all. Yeah. Whereas with like Deadpool, yeah, it's it's something that's constantly is doing it throughout. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I agree with you there. So it's like I I kind of feel as though 
like you say, if they've been doing it in the comics, then it uh, it does make more sense to me that they decided to do that here. But if yeah. that's the case, lean into it more and make it. Yeah, I yeah. I agree. Yeah, they it, like now they only uh, really lean into it in the finale. Pretty much, yeah, because that whole episode is a fourth wall break, let's say. Mm. Um, and I think that's what they were sort of playing up to with having the fourth wall breaks throughout most of the most of the series. It just didn't really feel like it worked half the time. Now, like you said, um, if they would have done it more, it'd be more understandable. Like if they had a nice middle ground between how it's how much it's done in the Deadpool movies compared to how it's done in this show. I think it would have worked a bit better. Mm. So, anyway, let me just hit you with a couple of points of trivia, and then we'll go uh, start at the very beginning. So, uh, Nicky Ramos, uh, who's played by Ginger Gonzaga, I cannot pronounce that name, is apparently an original uh, character created for this series. So, she was the the friend that was always around in the law, uh, the law practice. Um... So some names that were due to be considered for the role were uh, Gillian Jacobs, Betty Gilpin, Chloe Zhao, and Alison Brie were all considered for Jennifer Waters before casting Tatiana Maslany. Right. So, anyway, so let's start at the very beginning, shall we? Yeah, so I've got a list of the episodes here, so obviously we're not going to go into the plot of each one individually, but... Um, Not completely, anyway. No. So, we start off with one that's called A Normal Amount of Rage. And this is where Jen Walter's um, world is turned upside down uh, after the freak accident that leaves her with superpowers. Yep. Uh, so, it's it's an introductory episode, basically, just showing how she got her pow- gets her powers and her initial... Um, reaction to that. Um, okay, so um, the origin story here of how she actually gets her powers is massively changed from the comics. Right. Uh, I don't... Let's just say I don't have a problem with this change. I don't see it as the worst change in the world. Mm. So in the comics, um, they both get into a car accident. Um, Jennifer is, uh, I believe, is knocked out cold or comatose and is losing a lot of blood. So Bruce is the only one that has the right blood type, but obviously does so with trepidation because she can obviously uh, contract this gamma radiation problem and become Hulk. So he does so very... doesn't really want to do it. In this, it's very uh, unwilling, a very unfortunate that it happens because she saves him from the wreck and gets a cut on her arm part of his blood gets into the bloodstream and she turns into the She-Hulk I don't think it's the worst in the world but I know some people out there I'm not going to mention by name weren't particularly happy with this change right I didn't see a problem with it though no no I guess you could argue, why didn't they just stick with the original? Um, I agree, yeah, but there might have been something to do with this contractual situation with Universal and the fact that Hulk wasn't allowed to be featured as much, which is why he's not there as much, I don't think. Because Universal still technically own the rights to the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, but he's in that 
he's in that scene anyway. Yeah, he's in the scene. Um, I, I think some of this is obviously changed for reasons. I'm not gonna. I, I don't know why. But I just don't think it's not. It's not the worst change in the world. I mean, we have seen some origin changes throughout the MCU that have been a lot worse than this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, she's initially very upset about this because um, she doesn't want to be a hawk. She wants to be a lawyer. Um, yep. And Hawk tries to he basically like takes to where he lives and effectively has her on like a training camp kind of thing mm-hmm. to get her to be able to control her powers um, with not much success. Um, but yep. in the end, which is where we now start to blend into episode two, um, yep. it actually turns out well for her because by her being She-Hulk she is then um, hired by a prestigious law firm to work within superhuman law yeah so I think she originally loses her job but then she gets hired back by that same firm to head up the superhero division of the law firm Yeah, as the She-Hulk yes and I think I think this is after the fact that at the very end of episode one she turns into She-Hulk uh, to take out um, Titania. Yeah. Um, and I think this is where we get an early idea of one of the key themes throughout the show, which is like pretending to or putting on a fake um, persona of yourself to please mm. other people. So she's putting on the She Hulk or transforming into She Hulk basically in order to do her job yeah because one of the stipulations of her contract of employment is that she has to turn up to the job yes as the she-hulk yeah and yeah there's um, a bit later on in one of the future episodes where she's at the retreat of um blonsky and um, where they sat in that circle and she there's like a whole speech about how the people that she was dating were only dating her because she was She-Hulk. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So anyway, we'll 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 take this back slightly because obviously we're jumping a bit far ahead because then I think this is where we now get the introduction or the reintroduction of uh, Blomsky. Yeah, this is in, in uh, episode, episode two. three. Yeah. Um, so to anyone who can't remember, Blomsky is the main villain, the abomination in the the Hulk, Incredible Hawk film. Yep, yep. Um, now, th- uh, I'm going to have to say this is where I have my first massive problem with this show. Right. Now, they make a big thing about it, and it's supposed to be a joke. I get that it's supposed to be a joke. Conflict of interests work in both ways, not just one party. It's stupid that they even think that this should even go ahead because any lawyer worth their weight in salt will turn around and say that she has a previous um, previous association for a family member with the abomination and she should not be representing him in any way, shape, nor form. And that case will instantly get thrown out of court. Yeah. For uh, a legal drama, this makes no a- absolutely no sense. Yeah, I do agree with you there. I was thinking at the time. What makes? Why does it have to be her? It didn't make any sense. Yeah, it's the fact that her boss turns around and uh, when 
when she says no, this is a conflict of interest, he tried to kill my 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 her cousin, and mm. it's like, oh, we don't care. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but he's the head of a legal firm; he could get sued for that mm. and lose the and lose their pra- their practice, their practicing license. Everyone on that entire board would lose their jobs, and potentially, you know, will sink a lot of people's careers. Yeah. It's it is completely asinine, completely stupid, and you would think that if they're writing a legal comedy drama, they would at least understand the confines of the law. <laughs> yeah, because one of the things I did like about this show is the whole um, the whole uh, angle um, of the court. Yeah, you call these kind of TV shows like courtroom drama, don't you? Essentially, yeah. yeah. So th- I think what was said about this show before it came out is that it was supposed to be like Ali McBeal. Mm. So it was very much in that vein. It is supposed to be like a serialised, um, you know, case by case. Eps- well, each episode is a different case, basically. Yeah. To To a small extent, I know you haven't watched this, but that's kind of like what Better Call Saul is like. Like there's an overarching okay. narrative, but there is like a... Um, story of the week kind of thing going off as well um, okay, with various right. cases and that's what we have here and I liked the fact that it was the whole superhuman law angle to it which makes it yeah. both different within the other TV shows we've seen in the MCU and it mm-hmm. makes it different to um, other courtroom drama shows yeah, I think it's also the first time that we've actually been outside of our main areas of um, where a lot of the Avengers are or a lot of the superheroes are, like mm. uh, San Francisco and uh, New York, because this one is actually in LA. Yeah. Yeah. So I did like the what? Yeah, what I've just described with the mm-hmm. different cases. Um, of it, it felt a little different with the fact that each legal case was to do with superhuman law, which you'd never see in reality. Um, yeah, and, but... and obviously, sorry, it obviously sets up the whole DODC and the it, it keeps going this narrative of the Sokovia Accords as well, which is obviously a through line since Captain America's Civil War. Yeah, um, yeah, but my the big but is this whole Emil Blonsky thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, I agree with you. It's a case that doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. It was just a way to get Emil back into the show, I think. Mm. Um, I also think as well that they're overusing Wong at points now, and they, and the show is very much self-aware of that fact, even to the point where we have narration at the very yeah. front of the episode saying, "Yeah, you know, we all, lo- yeah, we all know you love Wong." Mm. It's like, well, I did. Until you've basically butchered him and having him nearly in everything and doesn't even act like a Sorcerer Supreme at the best of times anyway. Mm. I mean, I, I said that about Shang-Chi. I said, I said that about Multiverse of Madness. And this just continues. Yeah, yeah. Now, now that you mention it, yeah, uh, he is in rather a lot of... He is, does make a lot of cameos, doesn't he? He makes far too many cameos and he, he ends up going against the principles of the Sorcerer Supreme, which is why Strange calls him out in Multiverse of Madness about it. Mm. Um, yeah, it's just dumb. Whilst I think about it, um, 
because I can't remember which um, episode it, it happens in. But mm-hmm. one of the scenes with Wong is where we, we've got the gag of him watching um, The Sopranos. Oh, God. Um, and... Oh. Um, well, I'd, to be honest, I don't have an issue with it, um, but um, it just made me think because to be, I've never, I've not seen The Sopranos, and I know I need nah, to. I but um, because it was obviously this is on Disney Plus, and there was mm-hmm. using that gag, and you see scenes from The Soprano on um, his TV. I thought, yep. oh, I need to watch The Sopranos. Um, I've never checked. I've not. I've never. One of the reasons I've not watched it is because it's not been on any of the subscription services. So I thought, oh, yeah. I've never checked Disney Plus. Surely it must be on here if they're using it within one of their own shows. But no, it isn't. <laughs> no, it's a HBO show, surprisingly. So uh, I think if anywhere, you're likely to find it on uh, Now TV or Sky. Yeah. That's for well, UK got, viewers. Yeah, I've got the... Um, got it active at the moment for the last of us so i'll i'll have a look at that well worth checking out actually i've heard really good things and i'm going to probably do the same after i finished um last of us and fringe well they've spoiled a couple of things in the show for us which is the most (laughs) annoying thing in the world yeah i didn't get that i was like why would you Uh, to be honest i've I've forgotten what those moments what the moments are but i didn't think like i know it's an old show but Come on. <laughs> yeah, but this is this is coming from like a, a society nowadays that can't wait five minutes to spoil a show. Because uh, I'll be honest, I knew everything about this show going into the fact because Twitter couldn't shut its mouth. Mm. So yeah, that's I was just so, I, yeah uh, because of because of Twitter, I was aware that there was the four fall stuff in here. Mm. Yeah, I was aware of everything that happened long before I even watched it, and it was mm. yeah. Yeah, thanks, Twitter. Um, yeah, right. So we have. She um, agrees to take the case of Emil Blonsky. She goes yep. to visit him. Yep. Um, and um, his parole hearing doesn't go quite as planned. Not particularly, no, because Wong turns up late. Um, and he I transforms think he used, into it. Yeah, but it's it's a tactic, isn't it? He's mm. transforming basically to show that he is able to still control it. Yeah. Like he's not a, like a maniac anymore. Mm. So, uh, I mean, it kind of worked, I guess. Yeah. So episode four is where Wong becomes She Hawk's client because he's suing a magician who used to be one of um, one of the. Um, wizards, I guess, at the um, Camotage. Oh, yeah, this episode. Yeah, this was... Well, this one and episode six were my least favourite episodes. Yeah, can we can we just acknowledge the fact that, one, uh, the person who gets sent through the portal and ends up at Camotage is clearly supposed to be a representation of Twitter. Hmm. And she is quite possibly the most annoying character I've ever seen in an MCU show. Or MCU movie as well. I mean, she calls her, calls Wong Wongers. Oh, yeah. I know. Sorry. Oh, yeah, she's know so annoying. Yeah. Very <sighs> stereotype. Thick. Yeah, dumb, blonde, bimbo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's really annoying. Uh, this episode... Um, 
Yeah. Uh, I, from what I remember about this, because I watched this in quite a hurry, I'm going to say, um, this was literally the episode where I, I said out loud whilst watching, what the hell is this? At which point? Yeah. All of it. All right. This whole episode. Yeah. This is this one was such a slog to watch. Yeah, it's, it was definitely in there as just to get Wong in there, basically, to so he yep. could be a client. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, it didn't really add much to the overall narrative, and yeah. Mm, so, yeah, I'd, I'd agree. Uh, the next episode was She-Hulk discovering Titania owns the name She-Hulk um, and is suing her for trademark infringement. Okay, so considering the last episode was quite bad, I think this one was a bit more return. It was a bit better, actually, because it focused on the aspect of her life that she didn't particularly like, which was the She-Hulk and the name itself. Mm. Now, it's not to say I thought this was a great episode, but this was better than the, the one before. Yeah, and in terms of actual lore, it's more it was more realistic. Yeah, I agree. And then there's obviously the through line at the very end of Titania saying that she's going to get her revenge. Yeah, and I just thought generally it was a good like courtroom scene. Yeah, with it I playing agree. out. Yeah, how how they come to the realization at the very end of how they actually cracked the case. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. In terms of legal drama, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, but again, it didn't really add much to the overall plot, um, and I don't think this next one does either. Episode six, which is yeah, my probably my least favorite episode. Which one um, was this one? So this is where Jen is a bridesmaid at a friend's uh, wedding. The episode called Just Jen. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, I thought even if the last two episodes didn't add anything to the overall narrative, I thought this was even worse. I didn't really think this... If you'd, um, if you'd have watched this whole show and missed out this episode, you wouldn't have missed anything. No, I think they even say that. They said... Uh... Uh, they said, oh, you've got a filler episode. It's like, yeah, yeah great. Yeah, <laughs> thanks for that. It's like, this show is, like, whilst being shorter by nature in terms of its runtime, like, is longer than every other show because it, apart from WandaVision, because it has nine episodes. Mm. Yeah. You can... it's run, whilst its runtime is shorter, it still doesn't really care about your time at all. Yeah. It's like, I kind of understand why having these episodes where we are going through a case but I kind of feel you could have still made this show six or seven episodes long I think six would have been fine for this yeah still shown um, a case or two that don't really tie into the overall plot but it is showing the courtroom drama and the Jen doing her job in superhuman law mm-hmm. um, but this this um, wedding episode she's not doing that she's just she-hulk at a wedding 
Well, yeah, she starts out by being She-Hulk at a wedding, and then she gets told that she doesn't want her to be the She-Hulk, so she now has to be just Jen, which is where the title of the episode comes in. Mm. And uh, and then it comes to be at the end of the episode that everyone wants her to be the She-Hulk and be cool and all that, and it's like, oh, for God's sake, get, oh, get, a, get a clue with your messaging here. What do you want? Mm. This like, is this is the episode as well where she comes across the that partner, isn't it? Who uh, eventually is it Luke? Moved. Is it? Yeah, I, I don't know, but he, he goes on to betray her. Yeah, yeah, because that's why yeah. when she goes to the retreat, she that's the guy who she's always on the phone to. Yeah, because she's had this point where she, uh, I think it was in episode five, wasn't it, where. She signed up to dating sites as herself and barely got any hits. But the minute she signs up as She-Hulk, she gets a load of hits. So every other guy wants to date her for She-Hulk, but this is the only guy that she thought would date her for being Jennifer. Yeah. So, yeah, anyway, moving on to... Please do, because this was... Oh, God. (laughs) Uh, The Retreat which is where Jen visits uh, Blonsky's wellness retreat and um, is it yeah is it just me or does this feel like another filler episode um i didn't mind this one so much it, i guess I it mean, probably I, is no i mean definitely feels like a filler episode to me but it uh, to I say... don't, the reason why i'd say it's not so much is because um as i said earlier this is where we have the scene where i think it really shows what the actual themes of this whole show are yeah of course i'm not saying it's completely unnecessary i'm just saying like for the vast majority of this episode it feels like a filler and then you have like i think it's the opening scene the the the, one of the scenes in the middle uh where she's in the therapy session and then a scene at the very end that basically explains the entirety of the the whole episode in about two minutes I just yeah. felt like everything in between was sort of just like contrivances. It was like, oh, we need something to happen, so we're going to allow Jen's car to get destroyed by going up to this place. Oh, okay, so there's no there's no tow truck for the rest of the day, so she's going to have to stay here. Oh, look, there's no Wi-Fi and no phone signal, so she can't keep checking her phone every two minutes. It's like, okay, it's one of those episodes then. Yeah, I I, I, I don't mind it so much as you. Yeah, of course. I, you know, this is where it's quite interesting to be able to have a discussion about it because I didn't particularly like this episode, but I think I think there's a theme developing that you might be able to picture or be able to get <laughs> get a point across here. As yeah, it, I did. Yeah. I would say I found the the other characters that she was with there a little annoying. Oh yeah, they were. They were so. They were weird, and, and I they were. And I didn't get the whole thing about. Um, so there was that guy that m- tried mugging her. Um, yeah. And for some reason, he's he's um, changed his outlook on, on criminal life, and he's also because, at Blonsky's retreat. Yeah, um, because he got a beating. Sorry. Yeah, it was because it was because he got beating by She-Hulk. Oh yeah, but I didn't get why he was at 
this specific retreat. Yeah, that's what I didn't understand either. It made no sense. Also, like, what she is wasn't. up with that guy who had the mask on and, it, uh, and then everyone tells him to put it back on? Like, that that whole thing can't. didn't really feel earned because it was like, who the hell is this character? Yeah. I, I yeah, well, I didn't know felt... whether these characters were, like, some real scraping-the-barrel Marvel characters. <laughs> Just to... Look, I, don't, I have no clue who they are because... I, <laughs> I know I'm a bit of a fan of the comics, but I have not. I don't recall them. Is Titan- so there is- must be some serious, like D tier characters. Is Titanium a real character? Titanium. That I would have to. Yeah, I'd have to find that one out. I'm not sure, but um, I would imagine she probably is. And the guy, Leapfrog, who is in the next episode. Oh God, freaking Leapfrog. Uh, I don't know about that one either. I'm going to search. Yeah, so anyway, episode 8 is about She-Hulk representing Leapfrog, who was injured due to a malfunction in his custom-made super suit. Um, Mm. And this is also the episode where we have the whole thing about She-Hulk getting her own costume. Um... Again, the fashion designer guy, he was annoying. Um, yeah, he was a bit of a pain, to be honest. And yes, Leapfrog is an act is an actual character. Right. Thinking about it now, like with the fashion designer person and um, that woman that you talked about earlier, the dumb blonde blonde woman. Yeah. Um, there is quite a few very stereotype characters in this show. There are. Uh, also, Titania is a uh, recognisable character from there. She right. actually appeared in Secret Wars, which is quite a massive comic, right. which is going to be covered at some point in the shows. Um, now, I'm trying to think whether there was anything more significant in this episode 8, other than her uh, getting a super suit. Uh, Daredevil. Ah yes. So this is the this is where you actually see her interacting with not only Matt Murdock but also the Daredevil. Mm. Um, so I actually feel like her back and forth with Matt in the courtroom is probably the best part of the episode. Yeah. Um, the interaction between them two in the bar is also very well done. It's when she becomes She-Hulk and he becomes Daredevil that I don't like this. Right. Yeah. The whole constantly arguing about like who does what and how they're doing it, like the whole oh give me thirty minutes and then she's like hey you wanted me to wait thirty minutes so I could just smash through the through the floor, through the ceilings like uh, maybe he's been doing this longer to know what to do and he has a different approach like maybe you should listen mm-hmm. like she didn't even want to be a superhero yet he he wants to be I so I don't really understand that and. Part of the reason why I quite like quite like the parts with Matt Murdock and she and Jennifer Walters is that actually because they they're the two characters in the Marvel universe that really know how each other thinks and they have a very very good history as well. You know, lawyer by day, superhero by night. One of them lives in the shadows and the other one lives pretty much, you know, in the public eye. Mm. It's a very interesting dichotomy that they have as a as a relationship. And it is the reason why they've come come up against each other quite a few times, not only as friends but also as foes. Right. 
Yeah, I definitely. And I, felt, I like that. Yeah, I definitely felt that there was chemistry there as well between them. Yeah, there is, and there is in the comic books as well. I mean, if we know anything about Matt Murdock, he um, he's going his way around a lot of the Marvel cast. Mm, right. Um, and this is reflected, obviously, at the end of the episode with... Um, now, I've got a problem with this, okay? So, fine. Him and, him and Jen sleep together. Fine. Got no problem with that whatsoever. The shot of him walking away doing the... The walk of shame, fine. Kind of have no problem with that. Why is it that Nikki needs to point out that she's seen a guy doing the walk of shame? Now, it'd be sexist if it got called out for being a female, so I'm going to call it out. It's quite sexist to do it. Don't care. I think this was stupid, and it made me want to bash my head against the wall because they did my boy dirty with Daredevil by doing that. Mm. Not cool. Right, yeah, I can tell that you're a big Daredevil fan. I love Daredevil. Like, I absolutely love the series. Like the comics itself are great. He is an excellent character, and you know, like I said before, you know, lawyer by day, you know, superhero by night, but also a strong Catholic as well. So everything he does is kind of like, um kind of opposed by his religion so running around as the devil of hell's kitchen when he is a staunch christian catholic is it just makes no sense but yet he uses that catholicism to keep him on a very very clear path and i really like that as a character Mm. there's a lot of conflict within him Mm. So. so let's move on to the final episode uh okay so uh, yeah, this was a real letdown for me, just because I, I didn't like the fact that it went... And I know this goes against what I said earlier about it should have leaned more into the fourth wall stuff, but I don't yeah. think I'd have had a problem with this episode if they had done that, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it's like, you, you if you're going to lean into it, lean into it a lot more heavily to make this... Um, to make this part of the story actually have the payoff, essentially. Yeah, because even though we had the fourth wall stuff up to this point, I was still surprised to see the direction this episode took, and I wasn't okay. a fan. Because yeah, I was not a fan of it either. Yeah, because when the when you break the fourth wall to this extent, it kind of yeah, it just makes you feel that all the events you've seen up to this point didn't actually happen I I wouldn't say that it didn't actually happen I would say that it had no real effect on the actual story of the of the entire show Mm. Um, anyway I have got a small issue with the end of episode 8 as well when you finally find out who the actual villain is oh yeah why do you wait until episode (laughs) 8 to have that it makes no sense. I mean, it even gets raised by Jennifer herself, or She-Hulk, whoever it was who mentioned it, uh, that they waited that long to do it, and there's no payoff to it. That's right, because there is no payoff to it. Mm. It's stupid. Yeah, because that, ridiculous, in fact. Because that guy was genuinely just seen as a, a joke character, wasn't he? Yeah, throughout the whole thing. And I mean, yeah, he's leapfrog, obviously, 
or, or well, you had Leapfrog, but this guy Todd, who turns out to be the villain, which is just, I mean, if they wanted to project it, they could have done a very easy job of doing it. Didn't really appear that way. He was not... Did, right, let me ask you a question. Did you know he was going to be the main villain throughout all of this? No. Yeah, because the show wasn't well written to do that. They mm. didn't give it. They didn't give any cues to see him being a being a villain, other than the fact that he went on a date with She-Hulk once, and he just so happens to be a major client of the head of her firm. That's it. Yeah, like, he just came across as show- a, Yeah, he just came across as a creepy dude. And I know you could yeah. say, well, he was showing signs that he was like. He saw her as like a specimen and he was really interested in the whole, uh, I guess, biology behind her. But even then, he he was really stretching. Oh, it was a huge stretch. Uh, It was very unconvincing and very unbelievable. Yeah. So. And Um, what is. Sorry, let's go and carry on. And it's not like. His reasonings were quite selfish as well. Like, all he wanted to do was become the Hulk I don't he wasn't like wanting to get um, her blood and transfer this into other people to make them like superhumans or anything no he just wanted it for himself Mm. yeah which has become a very um, stale let's say part of any Hulk or She-Hulk story is that everyone wants their power and it's become such a cliche even in the comic books I mean look at it you've got uh, you look at uh, the the Incredible Hulk movie. Who's the who's the villain in that? Abomination, a version of the Hulk. Mm. Um, who's the villain of this? It's Todd, who gets who gets her blood and transforms into the Hulk. Mm. Uh, and then you, in the comics, you've got Red Hulk and all of that. It's just such a cliched part of this entire thing. It's so boring, honestly, and I I didn't get it at all. Uh, also, just as a funny aside, because I knew what was coming with this, like I said, thanks Twitter, um, my Disney Plus was kind of having a moment where it was just not playing, and the internet connection went down. I actually thought it was part of the show, and I was going <laughs> to commend it for it, but no, it was just my bad internet connection at the time. Yeah, it does, <laughs> it does have that moment where it goes to the like menu screen, doesn't it? Yeah, but I mean, I actually had the, yeah, the yeah, circle yeah. in the middle, like, spinning, and I'm like, and it gave me the no internet connection. I was like, if this is part of the show and this is supposed to be part of it, this is quite well done. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know, I was like, oh, disappointment ensues now then. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. Right. Okay, let's rip the band aid off of this. Um, she goes into the. Um, into the Disney Plus screen and punches through a certain section of it and then goes on a walk throughout the Marvel lot. Mm. <sighs> yep. Okay. Um, I, I'm going to have to say so. Apologies here if it gets a bit ranty, but I have to say it. What kind of egotist do you need to bloody be to self-insert yourself into your own goddamn show? They have a moment where they go into the writer's room and they're talking about how how great this whole thing is. You absolute narcissistic idiot. What the hell was this? 
Oh, shocking. Absolutely shocking. So, right, you, are you talking about her going in the writing room? So when She-Hulk goes into the writer's room and yeah. talks to the writers, those are the actual writers of the show. Right. They're not actors. No, those are the writers. Right. That is the most narcissistic, ridiculous, self-inserting nonsense I have ever seen in a show. And I've been watching TV for a very, very long time. And I've seen some crap. But that is probably one of the most egregious pieces of nonsense I have ever seen in my life. Shh. Oh, God. Anyway. Uh, let's talk Kevin. <laughs> okay. Yeah, sorry, you'll have to remind me. So Kevin was the robot. Ah, right, yeah. So that, Which is that obviously is supposed yeah. to be the whole thing of this is supposed to be Kevin Feige. Yeah. Okay, so what did you think about this? Um, it was... Well, again, I didn't really like the fact it was in the fourth wall to begin with anyway. Um, yeah, of course. Um, I, I don't know. I don't really know how I felt about it. I didn't think it was awful, seeing as they okay. went there anyway, but... Because uh, he, he did have a couple of lines that made me laugh. Um, there were a couple. There were honestly there were a couple of lines that were like, okay, it's not bad. Hmm. Could have been worse, let's say. And but I guess you could say why didn't if if you've stuck the real writers of the show in there, why not stick the real Kevin in the pages in there as well? I think. Now, for me, I think this is supposed to be a joke that just does not work in any way, shape, or form because the whole thing about it is obviously uh, this is supposed to be an own to the internet critics who have been very vocal about the Marvel films being formulaic. Hmm. I think this is supposed to be a shot at them. And yeah, I just sure. don't, I just do not think it lands in any way, shape, or form. I think it's contrived. I think it's. It's too much of a reach, and it is just so, so badly done that, I mean, like you said, if they in self, if they've inserted themselves as writers into the actual show, they could have very easily just got Kevin to do it themselves and just done it that way. That probably would have been better, but it still wouldn't have been great for me. I, I just. Mm. The, the problem that I have with this is that the whole ending gets changed as a result and the ending still doesn't make any sense either yeah I'd agree there I, so I she don't wants know to... yeah I God. don't know genuinely don't know whether she will appear in future MCU at all if that makes sense I think, I think she will Eventually. But then if she, yeah, but if she does, I don't know if I'm going to be able to take it seriously. Uh, neither am I, which is why I think she's probably going to get uh, introduced in the Deadpool uh, in Deadpool three somewhere, mm. because it will be a way of introducing her in terms of the fourth wall break, because she can she can smash between the whole Disney show and Fox movie and bridge that sort of that gap between the two. Mm. I think, I think that would be the best way of doing it. Yeah, but I still don't think it would be the best. I still don't think it would be a good way of doing it. If I'm honest, 
now that I've said it out loud, it doesn't sound like a great idea. Yeah, um, but I'd say yeah, but I think it's a better idea than if she just turns up at some point in one of the more serious films. And you know full well that she's going to turn up in the new Daredevil's show. Oh yeah, for sure. Hmm. Great. Anyway, let's talk about the actual ending because the ending got changed because of what Jennifer did. Yeah, I didn't like this. Felt very unearned. It was like, oh, right, so you want to do the same story again. All right, I'm going to put this in there. You're going to get rid of this, going to do this, going to do this. It's like, oh, yeah, add more Daredevil in because everyone wants Daredevil. It's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, wasn't a fan. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, as a, yeah, I just wasn't, wasn't a fan of um, this episode as a whole. Yeah, okay. So there's one final revelation, wasn't there? throughout this whole show in the ending and I'm not sure whether or not this is because the timeline's been changed I'm not actually sure if this is true or if this is uh, just a joke Hulk's son yeah Scar I think it was yeah yeah okay so what did you think about this um well I thought I might have dreamt this but um I'm sure I'd heard that name before somewhere not necessarily (laughs) in the in um, the MCU but I'd, I thought I'd heard this name come up somewhere before you might at some have, you point might in done. my life yeah <laughs> but it might have been reference to something totally unrelated to Marvel um, it, yeah it might have done but I don't particularly know so... um, my question was who is um, the mother yeah don't know um, can this scar um, transform into the Hulk? Or, I think he's just he like that. Like I think that? he's permanently like that. Right. Um, and I was trying to think how he was going to fit in. It, it kind of just made me feel why are we introducing yet yet another character? Yeah. Now, as I don't know if it is, is he a character that's in the comics? Uh, he is. Right. So, um, now for me, this is where I have a bit of a problem because they've gone against the uh, tried and tested law that has been established throughout the MCU and a small conversation that had very little impact in Age of Ultron is the fact that both Banner and um, uh, the Black Widow, Natasha, both state to each other they can't have kids. Mm. So why has he got a kid now? Yeah, that excellent point. Maybe he has done something in his laboratory. Uh, yeah, I mean he does go to he goes to Sokovia or not it's Sokovia is it? It's um, oh what is the name of the place? He goes on a, on the ship quite a lot, doesn't he? So yeah. that might be related to something to do with that. Uh, it's the... I'm pretty sure it's the planet that's involved in for Ragnarok, so it might have had a kid there. But mm. who the hell knows? I mean, that wasn't set up in, in Ragnarok. That wasn't set up in Love and Thunder. That wasn't set up anywhere else. It just comes out of nowhere. Yeah. So, not sure. Anyway. I think this has gone long enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, well, I, I've... Uh, I think I know what you're going to say, but 
I feel as though I've been overly negative because um, despite everything we've said, um, I'd actually have this um, as my joint favourite show alongside um, Hawkeye. I'll be honest, it's not really... Uh... It's not really going up against much competition in well, terms no. of this, was it? No. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I, I did really quite enjoy it, despite my problems with the fourth wall stuff, which I, I, don't, I think the show would have been better without that. And mm-hmm. to have just taken itself a touch more seriously in the sense that you didn't need to have that. You, I, I, I thought it was a good courtroom drama with elements of comedy but the comedy was still there without the fourth wall stuff mm-hmm. um, I really uh, uh, enjoyed seeing the supernatural law angle take place in the courtroom cases for yep. most of the cases like I wasn't that keen on Wong's one um, yeah. but um, I quite liked um the main characters, like her friends, um, in where she worked and stuff. Yeah. Um, and I did quite like the overall theme about putting on a persona to please other people. And there was also something that we haven't really touched on. There was quite a lot of, uh, I guess, social commentary on how women are treated by certain men, both yeah. in, in society and the workplace. Which, yeah, um, I I agree. Which I can only imagine the reaction of some gammons on the internet to that. Um, so I thought they were, I guess, quite brave to go into that head-on. Um, they didn't mm-hmm. skirt around the issues. Um, yeah. And I thought it was handled well. Um, so, yeah, my uh, I enjoyed it and... I, pro- I wouldn't probably watch it again uh, whereas I think I would happily watch Hawkeye again especially yeah. at Christmas uh, yeah I can I can understand that but I did think there was a lot to like here and because of that I would give it a three and a half stars so I only say that because I was thinking four but I gave Hawkeye four yeah um, so yeah I'd say three and a half Okay. Strap in. I'm, I'm going to give this a what? <laughs> uh, strap in for this. Because I think this is probably the worst thing the MCU has ever done. <laughs> and I don't think it's ever going to be matched. Wow. This, this show is embarrassing. <laughs> um, I, I didn't... For what, what we call a legal comedy, I didn't find any of this funny. Um, there was there was so many moments of dialogue where it had me at like groaning, uh, thinking to myself, "What the hell is this?" Like, even to a point where my dad, who has not watched any of this show, came in and watched the final fifteen minutes of an episode I was watching, and he, even he turned around and went, "What the hell are you watching? This is terrible." Um. Yeah, he had no backstory to anything, and it's pretty pretty telling that he thought it was quite bad. Um, I think there's for a legal drama, this is filled completely with a lot of contradiction and so much conjecture. It's just unreal. There are moments where 
they want to talk about the male gaze and look I, I give it all credit where it's due where they talk about social issues if you're going to talk about social issues don't have your character then going to be a hypocrite about it so for example you want to compare you want to talk about the male gaze and how she doesn't want to be um, looked at by men like that but then we'll gladly go and start twerking with her lawyer friend which is which is completely to do with the male gaze like it's just completely asinine at times um the uh, mm. the whole premise of this show is that, that she's trying to deal with this affliction that she has and some parts it's done well some parts it's not done so well um for a nine episode series this should have been shorter a lot shorter even though, like I said, even though the runtime was short on the episodes, it doesn't really care about your time in any way, shape, nor form. There's too many filler episodes, and there's far too many wanting cameos just for the sake of the audience to go, oh, look, between episode to episode and week to week. It was it it was a joke, to say the least. And that ending, oh boy, have I not seen someone absolutely screw up a landing, like an ending like this since ever it was shocking to say the least so yeah i'm sticking honestly i'm sticking by this it's the worst thing even worse than for the dark world this is worse than one division this is this is by far the worst thing that i have ever seen in my life and <laughs> there aren't many things that are on my actual list of never watch again but it is now on that list of i will never ever ever watch this again even if there was a second season come along so you're oh, not this gonna. This bad. You're not. You're not gonna watch a second season then. I, I don't even think it's getting a second season at this point. I think after everything that's happened, I think they they're gonna quietly cancel She Hulk as as a series. Mm, okay. So, well, yeah. Look, it's not. To, it's not to say. Look, I I can appreciate you yourself getting enjoyment out of this, and if everyone else got enjoyment out of this all the more to you you know I, I i appreciate that everyone's opinions are going to be very very different but i just i cannot watch this again without groaning and feeling like my time has been wasted like this this watch did so what's, hey. your, what's your star rating zero <laughs> <laughs> Right. I don't I, look honestly. I know I'm gonna get some flack for that, but I don't really feel like there was many redeeming qualities in this to even bump it up half a star. Okay. Well. Anyway, I wasn't expecting yeah. that at the start of the oh, episode. I, oh, I know you weren't. So that's why I decided to wait until the very end. But if you have some comments for us, and I'm pretty sure there's gonna be a couple. Uh, Kurt, do you want to let everyone know where they can find yourself and me and us on 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 yeah. the internet? Yeah, we are at Neverwatchers uh, on Twitter, and you can find um, us both in um, various Discord. So there's the Rapid Reviews um, Discord, Modern Escapism Discord, which is where we mainly hang out. Yeah. Um, even though I said I'm not on Twitter. Uh, my account is active in terms of you can still send me a DM if you want to. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. Yeah. 
Yes, uh, I agree on the score, Kurt, isn't it? Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but yeah, if you want to get in contact with me on Twitter, you can do so at PeteBeckett1. Um, but you can also send an email to us at neverwatcherspodcast at gmail.com. So, uh, like we said at the beginning of the episode, but I will mention it again, next time we are not going to do episode 49. We are doing episode 50, which is going to be the start of phase five. Where we're going to talk Ant-Man and the Wasp in Quantumania. Uh, after that, obviously, we'll wrap up Phase 4 with um, Wakanda Forever. But, if you've been listening in, I know this has been a long one. But thank you very much for listening. It's been a, it's been a ride. So, yeah, so um, I think this is the episode, or the, the show, film, where we have... Um, had the biggest contrast of opinions on, on absolutely it. yeah I'm, I'm glad that we've had a contrast of opinions because yeah, it feels yeah. like a lot of the time we tend to agree on mm. quite a lot of things so mm. to have have some uh some discourse it's really nice actually <laughs> but but remember yeah. if we are going to have some discourse let's keep it civil shall we we can agree to disagree like we have here so yeah with that said we will see you on the next episode So we'll catch you then. All right. Goodbye. Goodbye.